We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. All right, Brian Perez is here, covers the Chicago Bears and the NFC North for the Draft Network. The 49ers and Bears, of course, kick off on Sunday from Soldier Field. Brian, thanks for thanks for carving some time out on a Thursday to talk to us ahead of what some are calling the game of the century. <laughs> I appreciate you guys having me. I think that might be a little bit of... Uh of uh, overrating this contest, but there's, there's some fun storylines for sure. It's going to be an interesting one to watch. Yeah. It feels a little bit like a, maybe, maybe not this dramatic, but it definitely feels like it's a little bit of a win or go home game for, for both teams where, you know, you're not completely out of the playoff picture if you lose, but the season's definitely not going the right, right direction after eight weeks. You're, you're absolutely right. And, you know, it's a shame, too, because just a couple of weeks ago, this looked like it would be a really fun game at this point in the season. You know, Halloween weekend, Halloween day, actually, two of the top rookie quarterbacks were supposed to be squaring off. The 49ers looked pretty good early in the year. The Bears looked pretty good early in the year. And it just goes to show how quickly the wheels can fall off of a season for the you know, 49ers and Bears are probably exhibits A and B of that this year. Um, you know, that whole field glance thing, that would have been nice. Maybe we'll get it, mm. but the, the, the is definitely a bit. So I, I think that's a good place to start. Um, you know, I, I haven't done the, the full deep dive on Justin Fields yet. I've looked at the numbers and uh, the raw numbers and the PFF numbers, and, and they're not great. And I, I wouldn't really expect them to be great. And, and none of the rookie quarterbacks, frankly, have been particularly good, which is to be expected at this point, but what are your early impressions of Justin Fields? Um, What stands out as a positive to you in in the early going and and what are some things that he's, he's clearly needing to work on at this point? You know, the unfortunate thing for Justin Fields right now, and for anybody who's covering the bears and, and trying to get a good sense of what he is as a pro quarterback, it really is that classic incomplete grade through his first handful of starts. He really hasn't, had a chance. The Bears offensive line has been pretty abysmal. 
even though you'll see some of those PFF grades. A guy like Jason Peters has a high pass blocking grade. But in real time, in the actual game, watching it with your eyes, Justin Fields doesn't have a chance. I mean, he's back uh, when he drops back to pass. I mean, within within two seconds, he's he's getting beaten up by edge rushers or even interior pass rush. So it's really hard to get a strong gauge for the player. I will say this when he has had time to throw, you see all the reasons why he was considered a top 10 prospect. Uh, when he does escape and break the pocket, you see that athletic ability that makes you super excited about his future. And the stats are are pretty terrible right now. His touchdown to interception rate, I think it's two to six, two touchdowns to six picks. But Justin Fields so far is the off the field stuff. It's after the really bad game, after he's gotten the snot beat out of him. He stands in front of the media and, and this guy is unrattled. I mean, he just has the it factor, that leadership quality that's really, really hard to find. And it's really an unscoutable trait. You don't know how these guys, when they come into the pros, are going to react when things don't go as easily as they did when they were dominating the college ranks like Fields was at Ohio State. And he's probably in the worst stretch of football that he's ever played in his entire life. And you would never know it when he's talking to the media. He's a, he's a definite leader. And I think even in this low period of the Bears' 2021 season and this low period of his rookie season he's still he's still taking strides as a leader which ultimately if you're a team like the bears and you're trying to rebuild the culture and even in some degree maybe rebuild the locker room having a guy like him after these tough games still seem as calm and collected as he does that's a big win so i expect the on-field production to soon follow what he's doing off the field it's just the bears have to give him some help they have to strengthen that offensive line and give this kid a chance to actually showcase his skills. And, and I do think that'll happen. Maybe it happens this Sunday. Uh, but the off the field, his demeanor is probably the biggest positive so far from his rookie year. If you can believe it, Trey Lance in the quarterback position has been a frequent topic on this podcast and just kind of in the 49ers <laughs> universe. Um, you know, we try and go off the beaten path with with what we talk about. So we stick, we stick a lot to the quarterback. How much, because... It looked like going into the year, Matt Nagy and Kyle Shanahan were going to follow the same path. It was Andy Dalton was going to start for the Bears, and that was going to be the case. And Justin Fields is going to get time to develop. And the 49ers are taking that same tact with, with Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance. Now, Justin Fields has gotten to start. Trey Lance has not gotten that opportunity, uh, save for one game when Jimmy Garoppolo was hurt. But how much do you think Justin Fields has either benefited from starting, or do you think that it's been detrimental for him over the last, let's see, have four starts now. Do you think that that's been a detriment or do you think that's ultimately going to help him out? Well, going back to this whole plan where coaches say that their rookie first round quarterback is not going to start. I mean, that's, that, that's, that, that comment has never withstood the test of time, right? These coaches always say that they want to give guys time to develop. And it's like, if your parent, you know, your parents hid your Christmas presents in the closet and they trust you not to look before Christmas day, that never happens. Right. These quarterbacks always end up playing before the quote-unquote plan uh, materializes. And for Justin Fields, the most frustrating thing in Chicago Bears land has been this consistent messaging from Nagy about just that, that Andy Dalton was going to be the starter when healthy, and Justin Fields appeared to never have a real shot in training camp to win the job. And with the exception, once Andy Dalton injured his knee, then suddenly Justin Fields gets on the field, suddenly he shows enough over those first two starts to be the starter for the rest of the year. And I think that's just 
what happens when you have blue chip talent coming in as an injury replacement or just even in a couple of preseason games compared to, you know, pedestrian, maybe journeyman style quarterbacks for field specifically, he's learning on the job, right? And it's not, it's never going to look good when guys are learning on the job, but I think it's the most valuable way to learn. And even Justin Fields has said this week that, you know, the, he's going to make mistakes and being able to play the game and, 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 uh, assimilate to NFL speed and experience those mistakes and learn why those mistakes happen because you actually made them. You're not watching someone else make the mistake. You're not watching film of how something should be done. You're actually learning in real time is invaluable for these guys, but teams have to be prepared to stick with it. You have to be prepared for the rookie quarterback. That's going to throw maybe 13 touchdowns and 21 interceptions. It's not going to look good, but each one of those interceptions, each one of those bad moments will pay dividends down the road in some kind of positive outcome. So I think even though you have your Bears fans already starting to say, see, Mitch Trubisky wasn't that bad. He was just, you know, Justin Fields looks like Mitch Trubisky. It's obviously a Matt Nagy thing. You know, that, that's, those kind of arguments are just very frustrating and obviously ridiculous to hear. Justin Fields doesn't look great, but he's learning so much along the way that I think Keeping him on the bench or keeping a guy like Trey Lance on the bench, I mean, why'd you pick him so high? Why'd you, why would the 49ers mortgage the future like they had for Trey Lance just to make him wait eight or nine more games? I mean, that's eight or nine games of experience, of, of seeing the bullets fly for real, and it's eight or nine games closer to actually unleashing the player that you think you got that high in the draft. So for Fields, I think it's going to help him, and uh, you know, I think it's just a matter of time before Lance is the guy, too, in San Francisco, and is able to build that experience moving forward to 2022. Chris yeah, is going to so, listen to that again later with the lights off and some candles on. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, I, I agree with, with everything you said. I've very much been in the camp that, that Lance should have been starting from week one. And I think given the way the season has gone, I, I feel pretty good about that in hindsight, but also like so much of a rookie quarterback success or really any quarterback success has to do with the team they go to. Right. And just sort of what type of foundation is play is, is in place, what type of play calling, what type of uh, roster that, that you're, you're inserted to. And so I, I think the 49ers are, are pretty strong in that area, but I know there's, there's been a lot of criticism for Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, just in terms of, um, in terms of, you know, the situation that, that they did bring Justin Fields into. What's your assessment of, of how they're handling um, the rookie quarterback early on? Was it a move to sort of buy them a little bit more job security? And, and do you think that there's a chance that Maggie, Maggie, Maggie. Uh, Maggie and, or, and or Pace has a, um, has a shot at, at sticking around beyond this season to, to see this process going forward? You know, it's tough because whenever you draft a quarterback in the first round and you trade the next year's first rounder to move up and do it, it almost feels like an extension without giving an extension to the coach and GM because it, it's kind of unfair to make that big of a commitment with future assets into one player and not let the guys who made that commitment have a chance to see it through. But we're talking about an offense in Chicago that was supposed to be brought into the modern era with Matt Nagy when he was hired a few years ago. And it's just regressed year after year. Um, the bears already invested, gave Ryan pace a number two overall pick on a quarterback. So 
it's a little bit different. You know, he had his guy with Mitch Trubisky. He's get, he is, he's a GM who's in one of those rare positions where he's not only, he's not only on his second head coach hire, his personal second head coach hire, but his second first round quarterback on the roster. So I don't know how many more opportunities a general manager has to be given to prove that you can build a winning team. Um, two of the most important decisions for a franchise, head coach and quarterback. He's had multiple trips around the sun now, and it's not working. Uh, as far as Matt Nagy goes, I mean, he just feels like a dead man walking right now. Um, the offense clearly gets better when he's not calling plays. So when you're talking about a guy that was brought to Chicago to specifically improve the offense, and the offense only gets better when he backs away from it, it suggests that, you know, it's great, but what exactly is your job here at this point? Because when he meets with the Chicago media, he has become almost laughable with the way he answers questions with year after week after week, year after year, continuing this perpetual search for the why behind things don't work. And it's almost like a Saturday Night Live skit at this point where the guy doesn't have any answers for what's gone wrong. Now, maybe the Bears rip off a huge winning streak. And maybe, you know, it's like anything else. The NFL is a what have you done for me lately league. So if the Bears suddenly turn it around and Nagy was a big part of that culture shift, sure, these guys will stick around again. But anything short of, honestly, maybe 10 wins, a 10-7 and seven season, I don't see how Nagy sticks around. Ownership in Chicago seems to really love Ryan Pace. He's like, you know, their, their adopted son of, in, in a weird way. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if he did get another year and another head coach hire. But Ryan, uh, Matt Nagy is just, I don't know. I don't know how they could justify the offensive innovator who has done nothing but um, lead the offense back into an era of, I mean, I think they're averaging like uh, 170 yards passing a game or something like that. Don't quote me on that. It might even be worse than that under his watch over the last like 19 games. So it's, it's, it's bad. So, um, you know, Kyle Shanahan for all the 49ers, fans that I have been able to catch on Twitter and I have seen some articles, you know, kind of questioning Kyle Shanahan's aptitude and, and is he kind of an overrated guy? I mean, if that's the, the narrative that's beginning to bubble up in San Francisco, you guys need to feel lucky because Kyle Shanahan is, uh, is a genius compared to what Matt Nagy's been doing in Chicago. So I don't see how it can get much worse. And if it does, I don't see how these guys even make it to the end of the season. I, I think there is a good chance if the wheels continue to fall off the way they have here, that Matt Nagy is, uh, that the Bears will have an interim head coach by the time we get to December. I'm interested in your thoughts because you're you're doing work now for the Draft Network. I know you did a ton of draft stuff when you were with with the Bears Wire and at, and at NBC Sports Chicago. But um, what were your thoughts on Trey Lance coming out of the draft? Because uh, I'm sure you know doing Bears stuff, you were probably locked in on on the quarterbacks. What were just kind of your thoughts on on Lance in general? Well, I don't know if your listeners are going to like what I'm about to say. Uh, you guys oh, might not boy. even like what I'm about to say. But uh, I was I was a very um, I was very nervous with Trey Lance as a prospect because uh, first of all, you know, level of play is not something that I ding guys for. You know, if you're an NFL player, if you're a first round player, they'll find you, and it shows on the field no matter who you're playing against. You know, some guys didn't have the benefit of going to big high school programs or get recruited out of high school and they end up where they end up playing football. And if you're a first round guy, you're just a first round guy. Um, but Trey Lance had such a small body of work, a limited body of work. One season as a starter on the FCS level, 
you know, it's not his fault that COVID kind of interfered with that second year that would have uh, really kind of solidified his grade a little bit more. But I'm never, ever comfortable with one-year quarterbacks. Mitch Trubisky being another great example of that. I was not confident in that pick because I just didn't think the Bears were able to get enough of who he was as a quarterback with one real season starting at North Carolina. Trey Lance kind of gave me that. Maybe it's that PTSD of the Mitch Trubisky experience, but Trey Lance gave me some of those same nervous, that same nervous anxiety. Plus, you know, when you are running around and you're, you're being – um, you know, touted as a dual threat quarterback, this elite player at the position, but you're not running against, this is where the level of competition does matter. You're not outrunning D1 first round pick cornerbacks for touchdowns. You're not juking linebackers that are going to play in the NFL on the second level, making these big plays. You have to take a lot of that stuff and keep it in its proper bucket and not overrate the wow plays that he made at North Dakota State and try to say, is, is that translatable to the NFL? And some of his throws, big arm, impressive, wow moments. But I didn't, I wasn't in love with his accuracy. Um, I, I thought that he just kind of was the best athlete on the field and was able to take advantage of that more so than really an elite quarterback prospect. Now, look, in today's NFL, you know, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, the list of guys that can run and throw like players we've never seen before makes prospects like Trey Lance and Justin Fields their grades are going to naturally get elevated because of the guys that are setting the precedent in the league now. But I just didn't think Trey Lance had enough on his resume to spend a high first round pick on. I was a fringe first round guy with Trey Lance and I only had him in the first round range because he plays quarterback. So if you're a day two, like a second round quarterback, in my opinion, you should sneak into the first round because it's really hard to find those guys. Um, when when my, Kyle Shanahan went all in on him, I thought that was like that, you know, pushing all your chips on a very risky bet. And we'll see. I mean, we don't have, we have no idea yet if it's going to pay off or not. But uh, you call me 50-50 on whether I think he'll pan out. Fair enough. Um, I, I wanted to switch switch topics real quick before we get out of here and, and ask you about the Bears defense. Because the Bears defense is pretty good. Um, but it looks like khalil max status for this week and and maybe even longer is is uncertain so it do you do you know do you, do you have a, a a grasp on on max status in terms of you know whether or not he plays sunday and and how how important i mean obviously he's important but in what ways is the bears defense going to look different if he can't play on sunday so ian rapaport and some of the guys over at nfl network came out and said that he's he's not going to play and that he's a he's a candidate for short-term IR, but then Matt Nagy came out uh, a few hours later in a press conference and said, no decisions have been made on that. There's, there's really no concrete information. And what Bears fans and, and, and media in Chicago have learned from Matt Nagy at this point, whenever he's talking about injuries, is take whatever he says and apply the opposite. And that's usually what the truth is. So when he says there's been no decisions made on Matt. I, I, I would bet the house that he's not going to play. We probably won't see Mac for a couple of weeks with the Bears bye coming up. I believe it's in week, week 10. Um, obviously, Cleo Mac, generational player. I don't know if he's had a generational impact in Chicago over the last two seasons, but still six sacks in the first seven games. He's a guy that can get hot in spurts and really t- totally destroy a game plan when he's on his A game. But without him there and with Robert Quinn, who's got five and a half sacks, still – at least as right before we hopped on the call, unless anything changed, 
hasn't been cleared from the reserve COVID-19 list, you know, the Bears can be down to their third and fourth edge rushers in this game. And while I love Travis Gibson, the um, second-year player uh, who's actually has the highest pass rush grade on the team, according to Pro Football Focus, has a guy to, for 49ers fans to circle because he, he's a dude. Um, but without Mack and maybe Quinn, I mean, if Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have a get-right game, uh, you know, not having those guys breathing down his neck and then really only Jalen Johnson in the secondary who's worth his paycheck right now. Uh, it's an opportunity for Debo Samuel and those guys to, to really to really make some plays. All right, let's uh, let's get you out of here with a prediction. Wow. Uh, for the for the I mean, for the 49ers Bears game, not just a random prediction about a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was gonna say I mean I was thinking about just something random. No, uh, so in this honestly, I just uh, want to believe that Justin Fields' breakout game is coming. And I want to believe that he's going to be the reason they win big, but I just don't believe it'll happen this week. I don't think what's with the bears issues with the COVID-19, the mini COVID-19 outbreak they have going on at house hall. They're doing things virtually. Justin Fields is connecting with his wide receivers over zoom. Uh, I mean, I just think there's just too many things stacked against the bears to really be competitive at this point. Um, and without Mac and possibly Quinn on defense, I don't know. I'll say, give me the 49ers 24, 14. Oh, right, barn burner, like that you would, said. That would that would change a lot of uh, discussions around the 49ers right now because the sky it, the sky is currently falling in the Bay Area. <laughs> yeah, it seems like fire yeah, everybody I, I, is I, the... I, Yeah, look, I mean, I, that's why I think Chicago and 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 San Francisco. It's like that Spider Man meme where they're both pointing at each other. It kind of right. feels the same. Like they're two teams that are that are headed in the same direction. Uh, one of them can have one of them has an opportunity to change course on Sunday and. Uh, you know, I, I just, I just feel like the 49ers, even if it seems bad where you guys are from an outsider's perspective, they're a much more stable organization right now than the bears. And if you're going to bet on two teams that are pretty close, I think having that stability within the organization, a better coach, uh, on the sideline, that's what I'm going to bet on in this game. I, I, I cannot bet on Matt Nagy or anything the bears are doing right now. Right on Brian Perez. You can follow him at, uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Brian Perez NFL. That's Brian with a Y. Brian, thanks so much, man. Thanks, Brian. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it, guys. 49ers football is finally back, everybody, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find 49ers tickets anymore. You probably want to get out to the next home game. It's Arizona Week 9, and then Monday Night Football against the Los Angeles Rams Week 10. There's a real chance Trey Lance starts one of those games, and maybe you want to be at his first home start well, hey, TickPick has got you covered. That's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K. They are the original no-fee ticket site, and the only one you'll ever need is your go-to for all NFL tickets. See, what TickPick did is they got rid of all those like those crappy service fees that other ticket sites charge where you find a really cheap ticket, but then you go to check out, and it, the service fees are more than your actual ticket. That happens to me all the time, but it doesn't happen at TickPick. I had a couple of buddies who went out and braved the the rain and the wind at, in Santa Clara on Sunday night. And they went to TickPick and they said, Hey dude, shout out to you. Found some really cheap tickets and didn't have to pay all the fees. I was like, you're very welcome. And uh, that's what TickPick does. It allows them to guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. And if you don't believe it, or if you don't believe my story about my buddies, you can find, if you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 100% of the difference in the purchase price. So again, the 49ers are back home. 
week nine and week 10, back-to-back home games, Cardinals, Rams, that Rams Monday night football game. I don't care what the Niners record is. Monday night football, divisional game, Sean McVay versus Kyle Shanahan. You're going to want to be in the building for that one. It's going to be a ton of fun and you should get your tickets at TickPick. So visit TickPick.com slash candlestick today to save $10 on your first order of 49ers tickets. That's TickPick.com, T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K.com slash candlestick to save $10 on your first order of 49ers tickets. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, let's do a little pick six. You pick three guys, I pick three guys. And... On our post-game pod, we'll see whose three players had a bigger impact on Sunday's game. Widely known as a uh, a favorite segment among the listeners, I think. Yeah. Yeah, we got some really good suggestions for the name. (laughs) I think I'm the one that came up with pick six, but that's fine. Your suggestions were great as, as well, everybody. But I think we decided you won last week as well. Because yeah. against the Colts, you had Nick Bosa, K1 Williams, and Debo Samuel. I had Elijah Mitchell, Fred Warner, and Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think Jimmy Garoppolo is the swing, the swing player there. And that's yeah. on me. I'll wear that. So I picked first last week. You pick first this week. Now that we've talked with Brian Perez, we have a little bit of a grasp on on what the Bears are working with. Who is your first pick in the week eight pick six? I think the Bears offensive line is bad. Mm. Um, and I think Nick Bosa is good. Well, so, so I'm going to take can, Nick Bosa can you, first. Can you do that without the analytics? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just, I just think that Nick Bosa is probably going to have a big day if assuming he's healthy and he just spoke to the media after not practicing on Thursday. So I do expect him to play. I haven't checked Twitter yet for all the updates from the other beat writers. I, I jetted home from Levi's stadium to record this podcast, but, um, I'm uh, I'm fairly certain that uh, that Kittle's going to play or that not Kittle that Bose is going to play and that um, 
he's probably going to have a big impact because, like I said, that Bears offensive line, not great. <laughs> I love, I love that, and I love that angle though. It sometimes it's not that complicated. Yeah. This is a great player. He's going against players that aren't good. Yeah, like that's sometimes that's what it comes down to. Sometimes I love we pick. get caught in the weeds. I love the explanation, mm-hmm. and following that logic. I'm going to go to the other side of the football and I'm going to pick Debo Samuel because Debo Samuel's having a huge year and the bears defense isn't awesome. You heard Brian Perez talk about it. They're down at least Khalil Mack and they might be down Robert Quinn. So we saw what we didn't because the, the, the weather was bad and Jimmy Garoppolo didn't play great, but even under those circumstances against the Colts defense that, lacked in pass rush and was not very good. Debo Samuel still, despite Garoppolo not playing well and despite the wet and rainy conditions, still had seven catches for 100 yards and a touchdown. The conditions are going to be much better in Chicago. The Bears defense isn't... Um, this this version of the Bears defense isn't markedly better than what the Colts are running out. So I think Debo Samuel is going to have a big game. And again, it just comes down to um, you want to have good players in this exercise. So that's what I'm going with. Apologies, needed to unmute myself. There was some noise going on in the background, so I had to shut my window. Um, let's see. So Bosa and Samuel are off the board. Um, this is what, <laughs> it says a lot about where the 49ers are at right now. That it's like, all right, Bosa and Samuel off the board. Oh boy, now who? <laughs> yeah, now who do we take? Um, there's an obvious one sticking out. Is there? Yes. Obvious one sticking out. I'm trying to figure out, like, because the Bears just aren't a very good team. And you know what? I'm going to go with Jimmy Ward. Oh, that's what I was going to pick. Because pick. Justin Fields has thrown a lot of interceptions. And I, I think the Niners secondary is going to be in a position to make some plays um, because of the aforementioned pass rush that Nick Bosa is going to anchor. Justin Fields is coming off a game where he threw three interceptions in Tampa. Um, And so I think this is going to be an opportunity for Jimmy Ward to get his first interception, I believe, since 2015 in Chicago. 2016. 2016 in Chicago. I think. No, it was 2015, I believe. It was definitely 2015. I I was was at that game in 2015. Yeah. And um, it was a very fun win uh, per Jed York on Twitter. Um, But yeah, Jim... (laughs) uh, Jimmy Ward's my guy this week because I think he's going to have the tactical advantage of a rookie quarterback. Um, the 49ers do a pretty good job of disguising their coverages when they do disguise them. And uh, and that's my pick. Was he the obvious one or were you trying to steer me in a different direction? No, no, there's there. I'm going to pick the obvious one now. Okay. But I think Jimmy Ward's a great pick for everything you said. Like we, the Bears, Justin Fields likes to throw the ball down the field to begin with. And he threw three interceptions last week against Tampa Bay. And I could just, I, I just super in my brain, have a, have a vision of him having to hurry a deep throw and Jimmy Ward being back there in coverage and, and making a play on the football and notching that first pick. So our first pick since 2015. So was your, was your uh, choice a running back? It the sure was. Guy? Okay. Yeah. That, that's, that makes and sense. That, that's who I'm going with. I'm going to stick on the offensive side of the ball. 
rolling the dice on picking members of the 49ers offense right now. But again, this is another guy, Elijah Mitchell. What if I was like, Jaquez Patrick? Um, <laughs> no, it's another guy, Elijah Mitchell, J- Jaquez Patrick, dominant in practice this week, per source. Um, wow. That's a Interesting. joke. That's a joke. I have not heard that. <laughs> so, uh, Elijah, Elijah Mitchell, 100 yards last week, a touchdown. I... At some point, Kyle Shanahan is going to lean harder on the run game when it's as effective as it was in the early going against the Colts. You mentioned it in the postgame pod. Elijah Mitchell had 107 yards, 80 of them in the first quarter. And I think at some point, Shanahan is going to keep going with what's working instead of trying to adjust to things that aren't happening yet. And he's going to take advantage of of what's working with the defense. And we heard, we heard Darius Leonard, the Colts linebackers say, thank God they went away from that stuff. And I don't think we're going to see the similar stuff this week from Shanahan. If Mitchell and that outside zone stuff is working against a banged up bears defensive line, I think they stick with it. And I think Elijah Mitchell has a huge game. So that's what I'm going with. I think that's a really good pick. Elijah Mitchell's averaging over five and a half carries since he came back from the shoulder injury. So in, uh, in his last carry? two games, 27 carries, 150 yards. Um, He's, yeah, he's good. He's good. And they're going to rely on him. The The one question I will have, and maybe, maybe this is a dumb, dumb idea, but like, is Trey Sermon going to get involved at any point? Like, are I'm we not going? Picking him. Yeah. Because remember like before this season, it used to be that it was impossible to forecast which 49ers running backs were, were going to be the guy in any given week. Um, and not saying that I have any doubt that Elijah Mitchell's not going to get any serious run, but like, is there going to be mixing it up? Is mixing it up going to be a, a larger part of the offense or, or the running game? And, and so that, that's a question I would have, but I don't, I don't dislike the pick at all. If Elijah Mitchell's been I, really good and they don't have any reason to move away from him. Um, but I do wonder Dan- if they would try to lighten his load a little bit by getting getting the guy they they traded two fourth round picks to to get in Trey Sermon and get him get him in the game. The fact that Trey Sermon in the last two games has one carry lends me to think no. Yeah. But who who knows with this team, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh let's see. I like I want to pick Fred Warner, but I feel like that's just not. It's it's not like I, I've already taken two defensive guys, so I should probably take sure. an offensive guy. Can I go you super won't hipster? Can I go super hipster with this pick? Because Nick Wagner and I were talking about this, and this is kind of like a uh, a shot in the dark, throwaway idea potentially. But I but hey, I, I took like, Jimmy Garoppolo last week, so yeah. I mean, that's the starting quarterback. That's not that's not really like a, a true hipster pick. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go hipster pick. Um, I just want to. If pull you say up the hipster stats. pick again, I'm leaving. <laughs> Muhammad Sanu. Oh, and here's why. It's not <laughs> because it's not because I'm expecting him to have a big receiving game. It's because I'm expecting Muhammad Sanu to throw a pass this week. Or oh, not now. Not that I'm expecting it, but I think. If I were Kyle Shanahan and I were running an offense that was really struggling and I've been under fire for my play calling and not being creative and things like that, 
this feels like a classic, all right, let's have a wide receiver touchdown pass type play set up. And Mohamed Sanu is the guy to do it. He has four career touchdown passes. Um, so I'm going to go out on a limb and say that I that it wouldn't surprise me if Mohamed Sanu threw a touchdown pass on a trick play this week. And uh, and that's how I'm going to finish off my picks because I want to I, I just want to jazz it up a little bit. I love that. For I want to I... throw I want to throw a little bit of excitement into this game because it's really kind of kind of dreary when you just look at the way these two teams are playing right now. I love this journey for you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> no, that's great. I I think that's I think that's a great pick. I am setting an over under at 48 and a half not points but 48 and a half tweets (laughs) should this Muhammad Sanu play happen and work of Muhammad Sanu should be the starting quarterback Uh, Uh, 158.3 career passer rating I believe that's perfect I did yeah it hasn't thrown an incompletion no uh no seven of eight seven of eight four touchdowns one incompletion that's right yeah, that if over over or under Chris, 48 and a half tweets. In the in the <laughs> in the 10 minutes immediately following the play. You just mean you like Muhammad in general Sanu, or like on among the media or what? Just if you did a Twitter search for Muhammad Sanu. And how many like, oh, he should be the new starting quarterback? Yeah. I'm going way over. I think there's so. not a whole lot of original thinking on on Twitter.com. No, everything that could that. be thought has been tweeted already. Right. <laughs> right. In fact, I'm pretty sure the Muhammad Sanu jokes came across when he re-signed. Yeah. I don't think they ever went away. Anyways. Yeah. I'm expecting Shanahan to get in his bag a little bit with play calling Ooh, this week. So. Shanahan in his Mo- bag game. Most most Sanu. Put it on the board. I feel I feel pressured to take a defensive player now because I've taken two offensive players. Mm. I am going to go with Kentavious Street. Ooh, I like it. Again, bad Bears defensive line. Street's going to have to play a lot uh, offensive line, but maybe also defensive line. (laughs) But that's not going to have an impact on Kentavious Street. I just, with no Javon Kinlaw, no Marcel Harris, Kevin Givens could be coming back. And if I knew for sure he was going to play, I might go with Kevin Givens. But um, Kentavious Street, has a sack already this year. I could see him getting another one Sunday and just in general, kind of having a couple plays. He had the, the technically the strip against Carson Wentz on mm-hmm. the fumble to Aziz Alshire. It was Contavia street to knock the ball out of his hand. So I like Contavia street to do something against a not so good bears defensive line and a, and a quarterback in Justin Fields who tends to hold the ball too long. And I think that's going to give street an opportunity to make a couple plays. So Contavia think- street. I think Street is going to be the guy that plays the most in place of Javon Kinlaw. I, and, yeah, I do too. And he's a much, much different player. He's a better pass rusher than Kinlaw. And yep. you remember going back to when he was drafted, what, 20, geez, 2018? Uh, he, mm-hmm. was, he was a fourth-round pick who a uh, lot 2019, of 2019, I think. 2019. A lot of people thought he would be a second- or third-round pick, like a day-two pick had right. he been healthy. Um, but he tore his ACL before the draft and fell to the fourth round. But I mean, he's, he's one of the strongest players on the team. Um, he's bursty. 
I think that's the official scouting term. <laughs> um, and he's got, he's, he's just an explosive guy. So I, I, I think there's some potential there for, for him to get on a nice little run here now that he's going to have some opportunity because it sounds like Javon Kinlaw is going to be lost for the season. Um, so if street can stay healthy and, and continue to, to stack days to, to borrow a terrible football cliche, um, he might be, he might be a, a productive player for them. So I like it. I like the pick. Keep stacking days. Iron sharpens iron brick by brick, mm-hmm. all gas, yeah. no breaks. Yep. The Contavia street story. <laughs> nice. It's the name dude, of his bag. Really, really nice dude. I think I've said that before, but he's a good guy. It seems like the niceness of defensive linemen, interior defensive linemen, is directly proportional to how big they are. Explain. Because or maybe not just defensive linemen, but it feels like every I need to workshop this. Okay. Because it's not just big, but it feels like the bigger the player. And like they're <laughs> every giant defensive lineman who's just kind of like a dude is the nicest guy in the world. I feel like that happens uh, a lot. Yeah, it does happen a lot. I wouldn't like, conflate oh, it just, to, every, a, to all of them. He's but, a big yeah. teddy bear. Every yeah. every massive rotational defensive lineman is a teddy bear. I would say, yeah, I would say DJ Jones qualifies. Great guy. DeForest Buckner qualifies. Um, Eric Armstead qualifies. Kent Great Street dude. qualifies. Kent. Um, yeah, I, I would say that's that's probably it. And in terms of like guys I, I've been around, we haven't been in the locker room since 2019, so I can't really say for sure. sure. But um, as of now, those those are the guys I would say. Have you ever heard DJ Jones say yes, sir? He does it with yes, this sir. perfect. He just, it's like this. <laughs> yes, sir. It's great. It's the best thing. He's yeah. He says yes, sir. And yes, ma'am he's, too. He's, he's very polite. He's incredible. Yeah. He's the best. We should get him on the pod. I would yes, love sir. to. Probably an off season idea. I think a better idea. Well, a good idea is getting him on the pod. A better idea would be figuring out a way to get him to barbecue something for us. That, or smoke that's a something great idea. if you want the technical term. We can smoke together too. Whatever he's into. <laughs> I mean, it's like smoked meats, like South Carolina barbecue. Oh, oh, like, oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, that's what I, <laughs> I knew that's what you meant. <laughs> All Getting right, let's get out of here. DJ Jones. <laughs> <laughs> don't think that's going to okay. happen. I don't either. But don't on that note, subscribe, rate, and review. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We will be back on Monday with a post-game pod. We'll record that Sunday night immediately after the game or sometime following the game, and it'll come out and hit your feeds on Monday. Chris, did the 49ers win? They should. Man, if they lost five in a row and they lost to the Bears. I'm saying no because I have no reason to think they're going to win. My reason? I'm from from Missouri. You got to show me first. (laughs) Are you? Shout out Mark May. (laughs) No, he just said, Um, I'm from from Missouri. You got to show me first. Okay, Mark. I, I think the reason the, the reason for optimism from the 49ers standpoint has more to do with the Please. Bears and the state of the Bears, which Brian Brian Perez uh, described in, in in his spot with us here. Um, I they're in they're in a worse way than the 49ers are, even though things seem That's like fair. they're really bad with the 49ers. Things are pretty bad in Chicago. Yeah, and the Colts the Colts to be fair, a, it was a, a monsoon, and B. 
the the Colts were playing better going into that game against the Niners. Yeah. yeah. So and they'd have a more talented uh, roster. And the Bears, the Bears are not. The Bears lost thirty eight to three last week against the against the Bucks, and it wasn't even that close. Right. Like it was a bigger blowout <laughs> than that. So yeah, I think and, I'm with you. I I do think San Francisco wins, and if they don't, um, yikes. If they don't, major yikes, and the, the Trey Lance discussion will continue. <laughs> I think it'll continue I, honestly, either way. But they, I think it's I think it's over if if they lose on Sunday. Yeah, if they lose and Jimmy Garoppolo does not play well, then I would I would definitely expect Trey Lance to start against Arizona because he's back practicing. That, that's a good point. If they lose thirty eight thirty five and Garoppolo throws for four touchdowns, that's different. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyways. Uh, but I'm with you. I think they win. And um, hopefully we get to talk about a W for the first time in, in a month and a half on Monday. Yeah. So, so you, you can know. stop being so negative. Yeah. Super <laughs> negative. So since we're still recording, do the, uh, the intro. Oh yeah, that's right. And then I'll tell um, Tyler to do the thing. Yeah thing shout out tyler and whoever's that yep tyler's the man what's going on everybody it's candlestick chronicles a 49ers i hate that hang on welcome into candlestick chronicles a 49ers podcast on the blue wire podcast network i'm kyle madsen i write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com. joining me shortly is chris biederman he covers the 49ers for the sacramento b we'll do the pick six today each of us will pick three players that we think are going to have a good game for the 49ers against the Chicago Bears. But first, we're going to talk to Brian Perez. You can follow him on Twitter at Brian Perez NFL. He covers the Chicago Bears and the NFC North for the Draft Network. You can check that out at thedraftnetwork.com. I don't know if there's anybody who follows the Bears closer than Brian. Uh, he's worked for NBC Sports Chicago covering them. I first met him when he was with the NFL Wire Network covering the Bears Wire, and he just always did an awesome job with that site, and it always seemed like he was going to be um, moving on to different things because of because of the, the quality of content that he was putting out at the Bears Wire, and now he is with the Draft Network. So really excited to chat with him. We will do that first, and then we will get into the pick six after that. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. 